Hi, I'm Jenny Slevin and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Jenny Slevin. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 27 of The Real Reading Podcast. We're recording this on Thursday the 2nd of August and this week we are coming to you on location at the famous Purple Turtle Bar. Bit of a crashing in the background there. Um, we are we are recording this um, outside in the garden at the Purple Turtle, one of Jenny's favourite places. It is. Um, if you are enjoying our ramblings about Reading, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Friday morning. And if you want to get involved in the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast, or on Instagram, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can check out our new podcast index with all the major talking points on the past shows at www.inyourarea.co.uk slash rrpindex. Um, it's going to be a slightly sombre, sad, Do you think so? Terrible... I'm delighted to be oh, okay. in two <laughs> um, It's going to be slightly, you know, mixed this week. Um, as we mentioned last week, Jenny, it's Jenny's last podcast. Uh, with us, it's Jenny's last couple of days actually working with you and I. Are you going to edit some really sad music uh, over that? Or? It costs money. Does it? Yeah, I haven't got a PRS okay. license. Also, you don't know how to do it. No, I don't know how to do it, and uh, frankly, can't be bothered. Okay. So. What was the, the the like kind of nice romantic string music that they used to play on Radio One? I think it was. Uh, 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 Chris uh, Moyles? Moyles. Yeah, I, I know, know exactly what you mean, but the music just popped into my head was the music to Jurassic Park. Oh, <laughs> and okay. it's not that's, that, is it's it? It's not that either. Um, so, yeah, so this is Jenny's last podcast. Um, we've got our usual features, what we've liked this week, and thought it explains it all. But uh, again, as per last week, we have no guests, but we thought we'd come to the Purple Turtle, which is sort of one of Jenny's, fa- as I say, favourite places in Reading in the world. I have spoken about it. In great length and on the thought, podcast, haven't I? <laughs> yes, you have indeed. And we, we just thought we'd have a chat about the Purple Turtle, what it means to Reading, and, and why it's such a such an incredible place for people to, to have on their doorstep. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, just before we crack on, I just wanted to let our loyal re- uh, li- uh, listeners know what was going to happen. Um, Hugh and I are going to have a two-week break, break where we go on holiday together and you know discuss the very minute of the podcast, look at the highs, yeah. the lows. Yeah. And minute. Minute, yes. Minutia? Uh, yeah. Minutia. Is if that what I mean? We, if you think the Brexit negotiations are tough, <laughs> you haven't seen anything compared to what we're about to, <laughs> to sit down and thrash out. Yes. Um, and ultimately probably come back with exactly the same format, <laughs> yeah. um, albeit with hopefully, hopefully a, an extra person, an extra person uh, to, to talk to us. Um, if, in fact, uh, we should we have auditions? We I reckon you can ask our listeners to, to apply. You can have like yes. an X Factor style... Oh. Panel. We could, couldn't we? We could do it in. Uh, we could. We could do it in the hexagon. Yes. Could like oh. test their banter levels. Yes. And if they're oh. mediocre, then they're, they're in. in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, mediocre is slightly higher than ours. So um, you know, anything's a bonus, really. Um, but we one thing, one thing is for sure. Uh, Hugh and I will certainly uh, intend to come back for a second series, um, and that will be in probably about two weeks. Ideally, we'd like to record a couple of interviews um, to get the ball rolling. So we're not doing it all very last minute, um, but we will be back in a, in around two weeks, um, and we will put out something on the Fridays uh, while we aren't officially doing anything. So um, there will still be stuff to listen to, and we hope you will stick with us. Um, currently, uh, there's about fourteen hundred people listening to 
the podcast, which, uh, quite frankly, is phenomenal. Sh- shocking, really. Isn't it? <laughs> what on earth are you people doing with your time? Our extended families go a long way. Yes, <laughs> there are there are hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of podcasts that are much better than this that you'd be better off listening to. <laughs> but thank you, thank you for your loyalty. It's uh, it's been fantastic. So, um, without further ado, um, gilding the lily. Can I say? What does, does that, that mean? mean? No, <laughs> I heard it in a film once. Oh, it's going to oh, be the standard. This is going well, yes. isn't it? You can tell we're in a pub. Yes, and we're not, definitely not drinking at midday. Um, anyway, yes, uh, on to what we've liked this week, Jenny. Uh, as it's uh, your last podcast, you can go first. You always go first, but there we go. I do, yeah. Well, um, despite my perhaps negative feelings towards it when the lineup was first announced. I have to say, with less than a month to go until Reading Festival, I'm getting pretty excited about it. It's um, it's, it's, it's a different feeling this year because it's going to be the first Reading Festival that I haven't worked in about yes. six years. And um, yeah, it's just it's just really exciting, I think. Like, I'm getting I'm getting a Kind of looking forward to all the people being in Reading Town Centre, walking yeah. around in their weddings and hot pants, and uh, I just think it's such a great atmosphere. Like, regardless of whether or not you go to the festival, it's great. In, it's a great atmosphere in the town, seeing all the campers come in, seeing them all try and lug beer back from Tesco to their campsite, just wander around and try and get their bearings while they're probably yeah. very, very drunk. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling excited about it now. I, I think there's there's two definite feelings I have when Reading Festival comes to town, and it's largely born out of when we had the old office next to the site, and you saw everybody coming in and sort of looking out the window and going, "What? Where, where's their clothes? What, what, <laughs> that, 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 it's going to rain this weekend. They need something warmer." All those poor kids. So that was my first feeling. My second was just a general kind of feeling of like a strange pride, even though I'm not from here. It was like everybody's coming to this place where I live and they're enjoying themselves and having a wicked time and it was just, just a lovely sort of thing and, and to sort of be living just out, just away from it slightly and still hearing it over the horizon it, it kind of felt it feels like just this amazing thing is going on just down the road and while I don't necessarily want to be in there it's nice for it to be there and over yeah. there and just be feel a little bit part of it I think I'm going to go and sit down on the river and watch everyone kind of like go by in their boats, <laughs> try and listen to a bit of the music from yeah. the riverside, and just just generally people watch. It's a great opportunity yeah. to people watch, oh, isn't God. it? Oh, it's a superb opportunity <laughs> to people watch. It's uh, the incredible lengths people get go to to get to transport alcohol. In, yes. In how, how many twelve packs of Fosters you can really carry if you if you need to? It's extraordinary. There's one. There was one the other year, wasn't there, when we had the old office when you could see them, well, I saw someone with a, uh, so one person with a wheelbarrow <laughs> taking it into the festival, and another person with a sledge. Fantastic. Full of booze. I was actually pictured in the Reading Post carrying my booze to the campsite before I, before I worked there. It was, uh, I think, really my second Reading Festival I'd been to, and me and all of my friends were walking along the road with a wheelbarrow full of crates of beer. And, um... I think it was probably Pete Bloodworth, who I obviously didn't know at the time, but do now, who came up to us and asked if they could take a picture. If any of our listeners have ever met Pete Bloodworth, our esteemed photographer, Millhouse's dad. Millhouse's dad from The Simpsons. Oh, Pete. Lovely Pete. Oh, lovely chap. Don't get me wrong. Looks like Millhouse's dad from The Simpsons. Spitting image, I believe. (laughs) That's my feeling. Um, Hugh, you're like... Yes, this is something that's going on in Reading. It's the... um, it's the Reading Prison Saga. Um, uh, just, be, just before you continue, I don't know whether we might just wait until that noise in the back. 
It's gone now. Don't know. There we go. There's something going on. We're going to be interrupted you know, by. Yeah. It's bustling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's bustling. Um, yeah, Sorry, so, Hugh. Carry on. So it's the Reading Prison Saga. This is um, this has been going on for ages. It's been empty for ages. Uh, grade two listed building. Very grand history. Very grand history and um, a real kind of integral part of the town. Um, a local theatre group has has been wanting to to turn turn it into a theatre and. Um, and the sort of cultural centre, and um, that it's now been brought up in Parliament by the, uh, the Reading East MP Matt Rodder, who's supporting the plan. I think Alok Sharma, the Reading West MP, also supports it as well. So there's there's good support for the plan, um, and the Ministry of Justice, which owns the building, has for for ages just been not saying what it wants to do with it, and there's rumours that it would just be turned into turned into a lot of houses. But um, now got the kind of uh, the MPs and the, the politicians on side and in and talking about it in Westminster this it's very encouraging for everyone involved to to see and I think it would be a much it'd be a really sort of cool thing to have on the site um, rather than a lot more houses and flats which obviously we need but um, to have something a bit different uh, you could probably incorporate some housing into it anyway but um, I think it's a really good thing that this this uh, campaign is gathering speed um, for something that could, could be very, very good in the future. So I agree. It's really nice yeah. to see the MPs kind of standing up in Parliament and and giving their support to the plan. I think there's going to be a theatre, but like if it if it all goes ahead, there'll be a theatre, an art gallery, an Oscar Wilde museum because obviously yeah. Oscar Wilde wrote the Ballad of Reading Jail um, based on his time there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like oh, I, I so hope it happens. It's a it's a really exciting plan. And that area is absolutely just with the Abbey and with Fulbury Gardens. That like, why can't we just have an area that is culturally significant like that? It, there, there's not loads of rooms for flats and houses and stuff. But if you can't just have one area that is specifically for a bit of culture and a bit of nice, full of nice things, then then like, what's the what's the point in it all? Let's just just get on with it. I, it frustrates me enormously that all these good ideas have to come in and all these good ideas are discussed and then it either takes ages for them to happen or they just never happen. Yeah. Just, it's just annoying. Get on with it. As, it. as it stands, as an empty prison, yes. it's just costing the government yeah. so much money. Just, yeah, just get it. on with it, please. And... and create something brilliant yeah we know we know very well that the council wants to turn that kind of abbey quarter area into a cultural hub we've obviously yes. got the, yeah. the abbey ruins that have been reopened now we've got the abbey gateway there's Fulbury gardens there and it would just be it would just be absolutely yeah. fantastic and to have kind of a, a center for the arts there i mean but i don't want to knock the hexagon because it's been a big part of my childhood. Yes. I've been to see a lot of shows there. I've performed in shows at the Hexagon. We'll talk about that. And um, and and but but it's not great, really, is it? The Hexagon. It's a it's a bit well, it, tired. It's a bit old. Yeah. It's a bit old. But, well, but at least it's, at least it's a theatre. Yeah. At least it's it's something. And there's there's sorry, Hugh. Um, there, there's so much. Uh, like I say, just we've got everybody knocks Reading. I, I think at times because it's 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 a clone town. There's not no independence, but there's a thing there with an opportunity to do something brilliant and just just get on with it. Sorry, Hugh, carry on. I think as well as um, uh, in terms of housing, um, I spoke to Tony Page at the council about this the other day, and he, initially the the idea for the jail was just loads and loads of houses, mm. um, but in fact it's so 
what he was saying is so architect ar- archaeologically and architecturally complicated <laughs> to convert a grade two massive grade two listing building with the abbey yeah. next to it there is a chance of having some houses but his belief was that it's it's not going to be possible just to have housing there so to have some houses within this cultural hub that could be created that'd be quite cool I think yeah it'd be really out. good you could, you know, a lot of people would, would like to live near the abbey and in, in this near the theatre and stuff like that so you could incorporate some housing to keep keep the developers the developers happy and the, the government can make some money from, from selling the site to developers as well but also to add um this great thing for Reading as well. It could be a, it could essentially be a win, a win win for for all these people yeah. involved. More places to live and lots of cool stuff happening as well. So I'm all for it. So mine, uh, very simply, I'll keep it brief. The football season is back. Reading opening the football season on yes. Friday. Very exciting. not massively confident about that. I've got to be honest. I'm not. They could be top of the league. They probably won't be though. Will they? <laughs> all they need is to win one nil. <laughs> <laughs> So a better thing is alphabetically a draw is not enough because Derby alphabetically yeah. would be above them yeah, so they have a win, win. Um, I, I, as Reading fans I, for all Reading fans I'm not a Reading fan myself but I, I do I do fear for them a little um, don't we don't need me. your pity Tom don't no. at me it'll be right. it'll be I imagine it'll be quite a boring season I think Reading will be, do better than last year but won't be pushing for anything and um, they'll be as usual people will over just <laughs> overestimate how poor some of the teams in the championship are and there will be plenty of teams battling to, to be to be relegated and uh, I would say Reading are now hopefully not in that oh, it would be horrible to well, have another season where we just feel constantly like we're going to go down a lot of new grounds to see in League 1 though mm. oh, yeah. we're going to be on TV on Friday night well yes that's going to definitely help the attendance <laughs> well, yeah, on TV everyone's I reckon on a lot of people. I reckon a lot of people will go it's the opening game of the season true people true. want to see what Paul Clement's going to do with the new squad we've had quite a few signings over the summer so let's let's stay optimistic okay cool good um, um, yeah no hopefully they'll do very well I hope but I think they're looking at the, the let's not get too much into football as we try not to but defensive wise they look a little bit short with the injuries that they've got so we'll see mm-hmm. I guess a lot of the pundits say they're going to finish bottom so <laughs> let's hope they're not wrong. they not, always say that don't yeah. they no yeah. one's very conf- ever very confident in, re- in Reading's abilities and you know it's obviously we've had a couple of up and down seasons one yeah. up season one down season <laughs> but um, yeah it would be it, it, it'll be good to see what they do this season yes. it'd just be good to get a bit of a buzz around the club again which has been lacking for the last few seasons even if it's a cup run or something um, just just something or just some exciting games and well, that, that's football. what it's all about isn't it it's, a little, it's generating a bit of a buzz and that's what football does very well when there is a buzz everybody lifts everybody we saw that with the World Cup and it just lifts it lifts the town a little bit if, if everybody if, if Reading were doing well and we get uh, a, a theatre in the jail, and we get and we get and we get all this thing sort of promotion thing. parade. Imagine a parade, promotion parade. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had one of those. One of my biggest regrets was um, in when we were promoted to the Premier League for the first time. That, um, I was all ready to go for the um, for the the parade around town, but me and my mates went out the night before and had a very heavy <laughs> night. And I woke up and I thought, oh wait. In the morning, I was like, "There's no way I'm leaving the house today," <laughs> and I missed it. And no. I've always regretted it. 
fingers oh, crossed for another one then. Yeah, well, yeah. Top yeah. of the league. Um, thanks, guys. Now it is time for Fault Explains It All. Uh, Fort explains it all this week. I forgot to ask earlier. What's it about? It's a particularly exciting one this week. Oh, steady. Do we need to sit about, down? It's about council auditing. <laughs> Audit blind. You've scraped the barrel this week, haven't you? I have. Yeah. It's, um, last, well, last week it's was community in the, uh, infrastructure levy. Infrastructure yeah. levy, which I still can't get. It's well. It's off season. They're not okay. having any meetings. Oh. So um, yeah, it's what's affectionately known in newspaper speak as silly season ah. because. Everything gets a bit silly when you've got no council, no schools, nothing happening. <laughs> However, this is quite this is quite important in terms of how how the council runs. We've had there's a few people who are interested in this um, who've been commenting on Twitter, and it's very very co- if you re- read the papers, it's very very complicated what's happened. But it's quite to simplify it, council has to file its accounts every year and get its auditors to verify them. And in 2016-17, which was last year, um, those those accounts still haven't been verified, and the Reading Council has essentially had to put a load more money into its finance department to get it done. Because um, on to explain it on a very basic level, um, every department within the council has to keep records of all its spending and um, things called journal transactions, and basically that wasn't being done. Um, and so the auditors haven't been able to verify the accounts, and so there's now been a process to to ensure that that to essentially go back through everything and um, get up to date, which is now um, coming to an end. The um, the council is about to send those accounts to um, to its auditors to be to be audited, to be signed off. Okay. Yeah. So to be. Um, to, to end, and then they've got to start on the 2017-18 accounts as well, which are also <laughs> either overdue or imminent. I uh, and so, but they they've made loads of changes. They spent a load of money. They've employed a load of people um, to try to ensure it doesn't happen again, because um, bad accounting is not what any council wants. Um, and they're fairly confident of this happening. Um, and just to say as well, there's no indication of any kind of anything dodgy going on it's kind of just um, poor practice more than anything more more uh, uh, suspicious than that there's no evidence of any kind of corruption or um, people stealing things from the council so hopefully they'll sort this out and they'll improve their uh, they'll improve their accounting in the future and get budgets get their budgets and their accounts uh, sorted on time in years to come so it's not the most exciting thing um, but it is very important in terms of how how the council is, particularly um, as spending is more and more uh, yeah. restricted as the amount of money they get from the government goes down and down and down and down. So, do we know how this happened? And what went wrong? Yes, yeah, so I did just tell you. <laughs> they just weren't keeping proper records. Of yeah, their spending. record keep record keeper. Yeah, so I'll cut that bit out. That's okay. <laughs> we like you being embarrassed on the podcast because you haven't been listening. <laughs> I was listening. So it will, Tom was just off playing a game on the uh, on the slotty in the <laughs> Turtles Garden. Yeah. So just come back. Uh, what's going on? So, so uh, after our two week break, hopefully things will get going again fairly, fairly soon after that, and um, we'll have some more exciting developments on stuff we've talked about before and things that 
maybe a wider section of the running public might be interested <laughs> in. Um, but it's important to, uh, it, to give it a brief mention. I haven't got into too many details. But if anyone does want to read the whole of the, the council's accounts, they are on the website. And uh, if you're anything like me, it'll give you a headache. Are there any other questions I can ask that you've already answered? <laughs> what did you like this week? Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks, Hugh. Uh, now, um, we are going to, rather than have an interview, which we mentioned before, um, we are going to have a little chat about the Purple Turtle. Hi, I'm Jenny Slevin, and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. sitting in the patio garden area I mean it feels a bit like a living room doesn't it of the it purple does, turtle yeah. we're on sofas there's a coffee table in front of us there's a fireplace over there there's a stag head on the wall loads of pictures um, but we are outside so it's a bit of an interesting setup. Yeah, but it's it's lovely there's a foosball table over there it's eclectic isn't it I, yes. it's one of my favourite places in Reading yes we already all know, all know that so you've uh, you've gone to the trouble of finding out a few facts about yeah. the purple turtle for me Nick this is off the internet did so, you uh, yes <laughs> Um, so, Purple Turtle opened in 1990, which was the year after I was born, ah. and uh, celebrated 25 years in Shockingly. 2015. Shockingly. <laughs> Why is this a fact? <laughs> well, it was written down. It's a fact. <laughs> after 25 years of being opened, it celebrated its 25th anniversary. <laughs> um, they had a, a big massive refurbishment, didn't big they? Big massive. At that, yeah, a big massive refurbishment at that time, which uh, brought into play this fantastic kind of outside area, which did used to just be kind of like a concrete slab yeah, with loads of picnic, picnic benches tables, didn't there, I remember? Yeah, but it was open till three a.m., so it, you know you couldn't really argue with that. It was the perfect place for yeah. finishing off the night. <laughs> um, it's owned by Danny Freyfeld and Greg Mooden, uh, two fantastic local businessmen who. They've they've been you know they they opened Purple Turtle all those years ago and they're still running it now. Uh, they're well known in the in the kind of arts and bar scene in Reading. Have you met them? I've met Danny a couple of times because well I had a chat with him because when I got married two years ago yeah. we came it was at Reading Town Hall so we came past to have some pictures taken, which apparently is lame according to Jack FM but <laughs> they don't exist anymore so, so who's laughing? Who's lame now? <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to anybody listening who may have lost their job. Sorry, Jack. I, mean, I think you should rebrand me lame. I think it does still exist. It's Grease. Sam. Sam. What? It's changed from Jack to Sam. Yeah, I think, I think so. Okay. Um, we don't know. Um, so, yeah, I met Danny when, when we were arranging that. Um, it's been on its current site since 1997. Before that, it, op- it was open in Duke Street for seven years, which I obviously don't remember because I was too young to drink. It's right at the corner, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I also don't remember it. Although it didn't stop me in, for me in later years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've spoken about the big refurbishment. That was in April 2014. Um, and... A lot of people probably already know this, but it's not the only purple turtle. There is another purple turtle bar in Camden. Is that? I haven't written yeah. that down. Yeah. How do you know That's that? That's just a fact that oh, I know okay. off the top of my head. Doesn't it have another bar owned by the same people in Oxford as well? Is there? I, I believe so, yeah. If oh. you look at the website. 
I think there's two. Um, but in my opinion, it is the best bar in Reading. One, it's independent. Two, it doesn't play any of that cheesy chart music. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I don't have a third point. It's just awesome. Yeah. I just really, really like it. It's my favourite place. So we, we thought, uh, Hugh and I, well, I, because you'd have no input into this whatsoever, <laughs> we thought we'd just talk to you a little bit about the Purple Tail because it's, as you say, it is, it's, a, it's an institution within Reading and um, the fact it's still going as, a, as an incredibly busy... Uh, vibrant place obviously means something so you if I remember rightly you met your husband here well we kind of already knew each other okay but yeah this was like the the blossoming of our romance the f- right. <laughs> all began yes um, and, and it sort of went from there yes what the, the, our, the our romance relationship. The ra- yeah the romance the relationship <laughs> it, did. it all started in Purple Turtle <laughs> uh, actually it all started in Park Lane in Tarhurst but then we came to Purple Turtle so, oh, okay. yeah, um, I mean, nobody wants to know about that. But it's, it's it just, it, mainly it holds a special place in my heart because before I went to university, in between finishing my A-levels and going to university, I worked in um, the Cunningham pub in Burfield for yes. a year. And part of our routine was that we'd close up at 11pm and then come to Purple Turtle. We'd usually go to our manager's house, we'd quickly get changed, yeah. she'd parked in Reading Town Centre, and then we'd just walk down to Purple Turtle <laughs> and stay here until 3am. And when you weren't starting work until 3pm yeah. the next day, it was the perfect arrangement. And so I, like, I reckon probably five nights a week I was at Purple Turtle, <laughs> which doesn't sound particularly healthy, but it was a fun year. And you were a youngster. Well, I was, yeah. You can I was handle these sorts of getting things. all my irresponsibility out of the way before yeah. I went off to university and studied <laughs> very, very hard. Um, so when, when I, w- I used to work at Bracknell Sports Centre, and our thing was, especially on a Monday, was to jump in a taxi and come to Reading. Unfortunately, we went to... Um, Cuba? No, not Cuba. I've completely Brannigans. That was it. Oh, on the end, oh, oh, Brannigans when it was on the Oracle. Oh, my and I goodness. feel like we missed a massive trick not coming to the Purple Turtle. We God, did. God knows why we didn't come to the Purple Turtle. Because, I mean, even back then, I remember it back then, it was better than Brannigans, which generally had no one in it on a Monday night except us. On a Monday night. Yeah. Loving yeah. on a Monday night. Oh, go in Did Brannigans get shut down? Yeah, it did. It, it did. Down for violence. Was that why? It may well have done, I, I can't remember know. now. I think we're, it we're closed sp- before I was um, allowed out into town, unfortunately, <laughs> but I do are. remember being very jealous of all the like, yeah. older kids going to Brannigan's. They are. made Don't, it sound you, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a couple of years older than you, and there was nothing to be jealous and about. The There's nothing to be jealous it about. Definitely in the, it was in the days of lax licensing laws, because I remember yes. going there, when, and it was over 21s and going there when I wasn't even 18. So... <laughs> uh, uh, we better just check what I just said because it's like, it's, dep- it's libelous. <laughs> I don't think Balagans exists anymore, does it? So, as a, it might be incorporated into something else, though, right? Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Sorry if that's wrong. Sorry yeah, if didn't that's mean wrong. Um, I'm going by memory only. It certainly was. It certainly closed. Obviously, yeah. it's not there anymore. But um, if that is I, incorrect, Hugh will publish a front page apology in our newspaper. <laughs> yes, our newspaper. Yes, <laughs> which hasn't been printed for four years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's obviously the, the makeover. What did you make of the makeover? I really like it. I th- I think it's it's definitely still got that kind of purple turtle uniqueness. When Hugh and I walked in earlier on, it's, you don't always notice everything when you're here at midnight mm. and you're a few gins in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
like it's it's just it's just very unique isn't it they've got kind of like light bulbs inserted into drums which hang above the bar and they've obviously got the basement now which used to just be kind of like the the drum and bass area yeah but um, now has like a, a definite theme and and it's allowed Purple Turtle to get involved in things like Reading Fringe Festival yeah. and is kind of acting as a venue for Reading Fringe Festival. Obviously, BBC Introducing uh, is based here now, so oh, is it? there okay. are weekly uh, kind of local bands playing on the stage. It's just, I just, I think the best thing about it is that it is independent and it has kind of its own identity. It's yeah. not like anywhere else that I have been to. And also, like every everyone here, you can just chat to. Like you, like sometimes you go to a club in Reading Town Centre and you meet a couple of unsavoury characters. <laughs> I don't think I've I've ever met anyone that I haven't got on with in Purple Turtle. I've I've made close friendships yeah. here. And like you can just talk to anyone, Every, like everyone's happy to have a chat. There's just kind of this this atmosphere here, which kind of feels welcoming. I really I really like it. It's a it was a, it's a strange memory, but I was one of my favourite things about coming to the Purple Turtle was, and I don't know if they still have it, but was that machine they used to check everybody's ID, and yeah. they used to put all your pictures out on an ele- on a on a screen in the window, and I just really thought that was quite cool. I think that's quite standard, isn't is it? it? I don't know. I've never seen it before. <laughs> Until I came to the Purple Tail, I'd never seen it before. Before they had this refurbishment, obviously we've spoken about how it was just kind of like yeah. a concrete expanse. There was like a, a single staircase yeah, that came I down remember. from yes. upstairs. And I'm not proud to admit that I have fallen down that a couple of times. <laughs> I had the most impressive bruise. Like I showed everyone, it was amazing. <laughs> You know when you get a really good bruise and yes. it hurts, but it also yeah. looks amazing, yeah. so you're yeah, proud of it. I yeah. remember when I fell down, when, when you and I lived together here, and I fell down the stairs, and I had this enormous bruise on my bottom. <laughs> Absolutely enormous. Just to be clear, he never showed it to me. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, Hugh, you, when you walked in, you went, I've clearly never been here, I clearly haven't been here for however long. How long has it been since you've been to the turtle? Oh, you, God. Um, how old am I? 30, 31. Twenty years. I don't, I, I've never, I've never frequented it. Hang um, your head in shame. I terrible. would probably say, even in my drinking days, I didn't come here very often. Um, Utopia was all yes. the rage. Uh, Utopia <laughs> was still open. Yeah, um, we um, we used to go to the after dark a bit more um, in those days. But all, but yeah, um, I've yes, the the purple turtle. I'm afraid does not hold the same kind of feelings it does with Jenny but also kind of from afar it's very much I see the importance of it to um, to the town and the importance of places like the, the Purple Turtle to any town um, to bring that unique um, thing yeah je ne sais quoi to make sure that all towns French are stuff. the same and yeah. that there are innovative people doing innovative things is very important and to have places like like the Purple Turtle and the After Dark, um, and uh, to to give people the options, not just going to the chain places, um, it's very important. And what it's part of the fabric of Reading, and we we will be very sad to see it see it go. So, which hopefully for many many hopefully more years it, it will not be. Yeah, so I'll be coming here when I'm eighty. <laughs> doesn't seem to be struggling, does it? Join that eclectic mix of people, Jenny. 
Um, Jenny, just to finish off, you, have you got like, your favourite memory or a favourite thing about that you can just pick out? Or, or why, mm. why should anybody that, who is going, mm, I'll fancy something different tonight, why should they go to the Purple Turtle? Oh, goodness, now you're asking. I mean, I don't, I don't have an actual reason why you should come to the Purple Turtle other than I think it's probably better than anywhere else in Reading. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's just different, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like, I, I mean, maybe I have these feelings because I don't really like clubbing anyway. I don't, I don't like places that are filled with people and loud music. Like, I'd rather go somewhere where I can have a sit-down and a, and a chat but still kind of being in that yeah. bar atmosphere. Yeah. And it it just, like, it's just cool. Don't ask me too many questions about it. I just really okay. like it. I think <laughs> just from looking around, I can, I, can, I can tell what it's like here on a busy, on a busy Friday or Saturday night, and um, it, it's just more relaxed. Than, mm. I imagine that you don't, don't get the kind of slightly unpleasant atmosphere you get in a lot of the... Um, some bars in yeah. in towns in, in all towns not just in Reading where everyone's standing shoulder to shoulder the music's <laughs> so loud you can't hear anything people are bumping into each other the whole time and you're getting drinks spilt on you And I mean that does happen yeah. that, you know you do get that you know you do get <laughs> you get drinks over you and all this kind of thing but it's generally pretty good natured from, from every time I've been here and I've always enjoyed myself yeah. seems yeah the vibe the vibe seems like it would be more relaxed and, and everyone could have a chat and have a laugh and stuff like that rather than I do have to say though since it's been refurbished the toilets just like aren't as good you used to be able to read such <laughs> philosophical <laughs> interesting things on the toilet walls and now that. they've got like nice pictures of musicians like <laughs> Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse but but you know, you don't learn anything. No, no. <laughs> Great toilet philosophers. No, no longer, no longer around. Um, thank you very much, guys. Uh, if anybody has any specific memories of the turtle that they'd like to talk about, if they got any feedback on it, um, or, or you know, just how much they enjoyed themselves here, we'd love to love to hear from you. And Hugh and I will endeavour to get through some of that when we come back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so, thank you very much, guys. Um, we will just move on to our final bit. Hi, I'm Jenny Slevin, and you're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We are into the last part of Jenny's final show. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit emotional. You're feeling emotional. Um, we have. Um, it's going to be pretty brief, I think, because we've just got. I think we've got the random question to go, and then and then that's it, really. So um, it's got a bit of a lower budget than the Love Island final, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No one's getting voted off. Well, you are. I'm getting yeah. <laughs> yeah. voting myself. Off. She's not actually leaving. We just don't want her on the yeah. podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it is random question time. Anybody familiar with the show? Uh, we have a I Love Reading mug um, that has a series of random questions in it, and basically we pick it out and, and our two Reading guide, Reading guides, Reading Enzians, Reading Enzians, uh, reminisce about times they were, um, you know, doing such things. So um, we said last week it would be Jenny's pick this week. So Jenny, are you ready? I am. I'm a bit nervous that you've put something strange in. There. I think that's un- that's unfounded. 
How many times have you gunged your own dad live on national television? Well, if I'm being a pedant, never, because it was a pre-record. Oh, okay. Um, However, (laughs) pedantry aside. Yes, I (laughs) took my dad on Get Your Own Back. Dave Benson Phillips. Not your dad isn't Dave Benson Phillips. No, unfortunately not. (laughs) I mean, I I would prefer it if he was. Um, we looked for a clip of this and we could not find it. I'm sure it's on your him? Facebook page somewhere. It does, exist. Oh, we've it seen does it. exist. Yeah, we've well, seen I've it. I've made everyone watch it. Yeah, I know. I'm proud of it. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed. Um, I think we might yeah. play it if you can I was find at, it. Like what? In year six, so ten or eleven years old, ten probably, and it was the day that I discovered the McDonald's breakfast because oh, okay. we had to get there super super early in London and there was a McDonald's next door to the studios and I had like McDonald's pancakes and hash browns and it was like an, an awakening <laughs> and how, what was the concept of the show again? so the concept of the show was they got two kids on to get their own back on someone that irritated them so I chose my dad and I was against a girl called Abigail who had chosen her teacher who I think has a very like teachers going on a show like that that's a very good sport yes um unfortunately my dad is incredibly competitive and he absolutely so like it was always the kids going against the parent or the teacher or the dentist or whoever it was they were getting their own back on and my dad's incredibly competitive and he whooped me at every single one of the games it was embarrassing (laughs) Uh, luckily, I'm a nerd, so the general knowledge round at the end, where which determines who gets gunged, yeah. despite Abigail having a two-point like head start, I won. Gosh, you pulled her back in the yeah. I did. She got the geography question right. I got the ones about the Simpsons, EastEnders, and Charlotte Church, uh, <laughs> and Steps. So it was like a it was the Reach for the Stars lyrics, oh, okay. which I got right. Which is S Club Seven. S Club Seven. What did I say? Steps. Oh, God. Oh. High five you. I know. Oh, well, Abigail would have won if we yeah. played today. <laughs> um, so once is the answer to that question. <laughs> Thank you very much for asking. Uh, um. I suppose I also have to answer. Yes, do you do. How so many times have you gunged your dad on national TV? Seven. <laughs> wow. What? Okay, talk us through it. Well, um, I remember in 1988 when we went on um, live and kicking and... No, I haven't ever gunged no. my dad. I like to. Yes. It's just definitely... If, if I had to choose to punish the most annoying person I know, <laughs> my dad would definitely be on there. But, um, I don't think you'd even need a game show. They'd, just, they'd meet him and go, I think if I was go, going yeah. on it now, I'd take you. the thing is though um, if you had a general knowledge quiz with um, my dad my dad literally can't be wrong so even if he is wrong he's a man of a certain age so he's not wrong so he'd probably start arguing with Dave Benson Phillips about about the question and I'd probably end up getting gunged now I, I don't know Dave Benson Phillips personally but I imagine he would end up Probably thumping your father. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he he dump him in. The yes. Night. No. Maybe. Head first. What do you mean? Head like first. They could thumping as in went beating or or beating up? Because Dave Benson Phillips is a friendly man. Yeah, he's but Tom Ford is a natural born children's TV. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a Timmy Mallet type. Tom Ford is a massive irritant. He is a massive irritant. Maybe him and Dave Benson Phillips would end up having an embarrassing brawl in the gun, <laughs> <laughs> dunking each other and. <laughs> <laughs> 
what, what is what's the gunch made out of? It's just like cornstarch and water and food colouring. Does it smell of anything? I don't remember it smelling, but I do remember my dad being absolutely freezing cold. Obviously, he was he was trying to show off doing backstroke yeah. around the around oh, the okay. gunch pool because um, <laughs> that's who he is. But I remember him being freezing, freezing cold to the point his teeth were chattering as he got out of it. So it was it was oh, cold. Right. I don't. But yeah, it's just kind of. Yeah, like custard. Did he have like to? Custard. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Did he have to wear like special? Did he wear any special clothes, or was it just like his day shorts and t-shirt? Yeah, excellent. It's, it's obviously not as slick as it appears on the TV. Right. Like I had to pull a lever, which didn't do anything. Yeah. It was the because oh, they have to they have to go and the take his now. take his mic pack off him before he goes in the gun <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Oh uh, right. But Magic I remember, of TV. Do you know, like I I remember being absolutely shamed by the producer who. When we got there, kind of, we looked around, and I expected it to be this massive warehouse where every single challenge was just yes. constantly up. Yeah, like that's just how it worked in my in my ten year old head. And the producer said to me, "So, is it as good as you think?" And I just said, "Oh, it's it's smaller than I thought it would be." And he was so kind of disgusted with my answer. I remember him giving me like a really stern look and being like really this is one of the biggest studios that exists <laughs> uh, just like, I just thought that every single activity would be already set yeah. up but of course they'd take them down yeah. and put them back up so yeah oh, did you, do you remember the, the show Finders Keepers I don't think where they had to go Buchanan. Neil Buchanan they had to go and like find stuff within a within a, a mock house and like pull a room apart and stuff. No, I only remember Neil Buchanan from After Tag, oh, which no. was another one of my favourite childhood shows. I always wondered how that show, because obviously some poor, poor person has got to go and clear everything up after they've been thrown everything all over the place. But we, we digress, we digress. Oh, no, do you remember Madhouse? No. I think it was Fun presented House. by Funhouse House with Mark from Pat Sharp. Smart presented it. You mean Pat Sharp? I mean, in our era, it was Pat Sharp. He had the most tremendous mullet. Well, yes. maybe like, I'm all just... the way down his back. Yes, it was just it was it's a famous mullet. <laughs> isn't it? it's, um, and they used to have a little go kart race yes, around. The end. And the twins who never got any older. And yes. they had like a weird floor that was strangely patterned that made it difficult to walk on. Or am I thinking of a different program? You might be thinking of a reboot. Yeah, we don't know because yeah, we were, we're, 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 we're much older than you. But yeah, I packed Sharp's mullet and the twins who never got any old. Yes. Ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think that's. Is that. Have we covered everything on Get I Your think Own so. Back? Have you got any more funny questions for me? No, they are, are they literally all, every single question in there. Your <laughs> to ensure that you've got, you pick the right question out, every single one. And um, we can talk about when you were on Harry Potter, if you like. We were keeping that a secret. No. I didn't I didn't reveal yet. So Which was, film is it? Which one? It's the fifth one. I think it's the Chamber of Secrets. You're very briefly in it. Yeah, blink and you miss yeah. me. But I'm in the I'm choir. in the Hogwarts School Choir and I'm also in um Dolores Umbridge's Defence Against the Dark Arts lesson. Oh really? Oh I missed yeah. that. I'll look out for that when we inevitably watch them all at Christmas again. Across the across the kind of the aisle from Rupert Grant, which is cool. <laughs> he had severe conjunctivitis that day. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Radcliffe did an actual real life magic trick on my on my necklace. Oh, okay. So you're best buds. No. Oh, that's a shame. We sang. We also sang Fat Bottomed Girls together. That was a fun experience. <laughs> was, yeah, that was a, that was that was oh, cool. I've never done well, No, I haven't either. I was once on. Uh, I was once on one of those um, phone-in game shows on BBC Children's BBC or something. But that was ages ago. Um. So uh, I guess is there anything else you've been on? Any other TV? 
Um, Credits. I was hired as an extra in Closer, which is that film with um, Julia Roberts and Clive Owen. Oh, okay. Um, but they cut the scene out that I was in. Oh. Is that, how does that feel? Is that gutting when you get watching? Mm, they tell you. I didn't really care. No. I was literally just walking across London Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about my only ever TV experience. Please do. It's quite funny. I was filmed for a documentary which was due to be shown on the Australian Discovery Channel. Oh, I remember this, yeah. Oh, was it, it was uh, about a criminal. It was called Behind the Mansion Walls. And they came to film me about a court case I covered for uh, the Brattle Forest Standard. About It happened in uh, Winkfield. Yeah. It's a very rich, wealthy area of Brattle Forest. Uh, just... Um, it's in Bracknell but people in Wickfield say that they live in winter yeah well, yeah, uh, they'd never say they were in Bracknell and um, Mind you, now there's a essentially center. it was a manslaughter charge um, the, the husband battered his wife with a hammer and killed her um, but there was a lot of wealth within the relationship and um, they were very interested in it the documentary makers were very interested in, in this aspect it was all about the series it was all about you know upper upper class um death and destruction essentially and I covered the case I did, the, did most of the case and the sentencing and um, spent a lot of time in, the, in one of the little offices in the uh, old office being interviewed and um, <laughs> as far as I'm aware it never got, uh, it never got shown anywhere <laughs> <laughs> ever. Um, and uh, so my, my TV experience is, is on, a, on a bit of film somewhere or, a, or whatever they use it's um, on the cutting room floor. On the cutting room floor, yeah. So, uh, so maybe one day, but it's it was when was it? It was definitely before I started working. Must be about two thousand and ten. I do remember like that, it, yeah. so eight years ago. So yeah. I doubt that this will ever surface in any form. <laughs> but, uh, I think ultimately we're all available for extra work if anybody's listening. So. Um, Thanks, guys. It, Jenny, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our Thank podcast, you. even though we didn't really want you on the podcast, but it seemed like a good idea I after kind two of episodes. I muscled yeah. my was, way in, yeah, didn't I? Yeah. There was no girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, had that, we had a sign on the door. Then PC society raised its ugly Oh, head. no. It's yeah. so annoying, isn't yeah. having to be God. inclusive? I know. Yeah, God. God. Um, so yeah I guess that's it Jenny thank you very much for joining thank us thank you and thank you very much to everyone that's been listening I, I, like, it's amazing that so many people listen uh, yeah, to I, it I, God as I said at the start God knows what on earth they are doing but thank you very much <laughs> um, we'll sign off for this series as I say we will be back in two weeks um, if you're enjoying our prattlings about Reading and if you've come this far then we're assuming you must please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Friday morning if you want to get involved in the show, you can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, Facebook by searching Real Reading Podcast, or on Instagram, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, please do let us know. The only prerequisite is that they must live or work in the town, and most importantly, they must love Reading, like we do. Like what we do. Like what we do, which um, is very much. And very, very, very much. Very, 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 very much. Thank you. Um, that's it now for series one and um, as I say there will be a couple of little bits in the next two weeks while we uh, put our feet up and really really think about what we're going to do next um, but we will be back in two or so weeks probably we'll be around can, I, can I just say thank you for calling it a series as well rather than a oh, season I deliberately changed it from season season finale seasons to be our, uh, autumn, winter, yeah. spring, summer no I knew you would pick me up on this so I had originally written season and then I changed it yeah good Good man. 
Thanks. You know me so well. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Slevin, and you're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. to my slot jenny this is your dad i know he wants to be famous but guess what you're going to give him that chance now he's 15 seconds of fame pull that lever and get your own back oh wow talk about a drama there that was pretty amazing jenny you got your own back how do you feel really